Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. I'm your host, Colby Marie. Thank you all so much for joining me on this beautiful day on the planet Earth. (laughs) How y'all doing? I uh, hope this podcast finds you exactly how it's supposed to. If you're frustrated, if you're happy, if you're sad, if you're grieving, if you're processing some guilt or shame, if you're full of joy and everything's okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Turning of the Bones podcast. It's nice to have you here. So nice to be able to sit down this Friday and have a little chat. Sit down and just uh, share a little bit about being human. It has been... I'm, I'm going to say it was an awesome week. It feels good to say that. I'm going to... It's okay to be okay and I'm okay and things are okay. I... I had a really busy week. Uh, got a couple side gigs that are going to yield some some good returns for my financial security, which feels nice to have some of that stability. And I've just been been kind of leaning into it, and it's been nice to feel some some old skills come back. I don't know about for y'all, but during the pandemic, I feel like I've lost. You know, there's been so much grief and so much loss, lost connection, loss of life. I think we're up towards a million COVID deaths. And, you know, lost dreams, lost time with loved ones. And for me, that feeling of loss has created this kind of, this wistful disconnection from from myself and others and when I think about it I've, I've, it's been I've had to stay really vigilant to not beat myself up or compare myself to previous versions of myself I've uh, you know like why why am I not capable of what I used to be able to do and just that kind of a endless self abuse that our identity structures are capable of especially when they're grieving or they're panicked or they they're confused or they don't want to accept reality as is, as is, and so I've had this experience for the past two years of just really feeling like, oh shit, I've lost it. <laughs> um, and this week it's been nice to just kind of feel some of those skills that I've had or that I cultivated in my 30s or my 20s and just apply some of those. I'll give you some examples. So I just I woke up one morning 
about two weeks ago, and I was just kind of fed up of the morning existential dread that I felt for the last two years. And so I decided to mix up my routine. I typically wake up, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, I sit down and have a meditation, and I make my coffee and I journal. Maybe I'll pull a tarot card or an archetype card and kind of get something to think about for the day. And I just decided that I, I, I want to break that up. I've been doing that that morning routine of uh, waking up, you know, taking some deep breaths, getting into my body, splashing water on my face, brushing my teeth, drinking some warm water, sitting down and having a meditation. I've been doing that pretty solidly for about five years now. And I've I went ahead and gave myself the the disciplined meditator badge and I just was like okay we can move on and uh, I just woke up one morning at like 530 and I was like oh my god not again I'm just like full of the anger and full of the feelings and I was like I'm just I knew there was a workout class at this gym near my house at like six that would be pretty empty and safe to go to and they require vaccinations and I just like you know I made some coffee real quick and just threw my stuff in a bag and just got down there and I went and I worked out and uh, took a cold shower afterwards and I just I felt I felt amazing I just felt like oh yeah I used to I used to do this before I'd go teach high school I uh, I know how to do this you know I can just make some shifts in my daily routine to uh, get up and, and mix it up and I'm still meditating you know I'll sit down for a minute I'll get up at five have a quick little five or ten minutes sit with a candle and then uh, head out the door and it's just it's made all the difference just kind of mixing up my routine I, I learned about the importance of routine quite a while ago and it was kind of I would say probably overcompensating and uh, not having much flexibility or didn't really check in to see if I still needed to be doing that. And so, yeah, this week's been great. I got five solid workouts in just, I'm talking like the kind of workouts where, you know, you got to set down the weights and then catch your breath and then, okay, I'm going to get back to it. And the, the glory and power of a cold shower after a, a, a hard workout, just fully getting in my body. And then just been uh working up in the mountains which has been really nice been lovely had my dog and so this week was good uh just feel like i'm back on my stuff i can uh, manage a lot of tasks i don't feel like i'm i'm not using uh busyness to numb or to like get away from my feelings i, I just think that it was time for a shift so i'm gonna give it a shot i'll report back and see how it goes but uh I feel good. I feel strong. It's nice to touch back into my strength and my body. Uh, feeling, feeling pretty, pretty good. It's a glorious morning here in Colorado. We got a, a storm blowing in, so it's starting to get hazy and the wind's blowing. But it was sunny out this morning. So, so what do I want to talk about today? That's a good question, Colby. Thank you, Colby. You're welcome, Colby. All right, Colby, let's go. Cool. Uh, so today I've uh, I've been thinking a lot about you know I've, I've, I did these these episodes on compassion and uh, Thich Nhat Han and I I really I can't tell you I've I've just been so touched watching videos of him speak and just kind of honoring his life and his his offering to the world and 
the gifts of his teachings and I just kind of returned to the it was nice just you know his biggest teaching was just live in your breath and uh, I've just kind of returned to that that simple practice of mindful breathing and I do it a bunch of times throughout the day and it's really been quite nice and yeah I just I really feel like this idea of compassion self-compassion compassion towards others has been up for me and I had an experience the other day where I went over to some friends uh, that I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons with and I walked in and they were all in the middle of a conversation you know like I don't know if you've ever had the experience at work you walk into a meeting and everybody's already talking about something and it's like you have a choice like do you just kind of stay in your own world do you try to catch up do you try to participate and uh I noticed the impact emotionally and energetically on me because I nobody was like I didn't get greeted when I walked in the door uh, you know probably like a couple minutes went by before anybody said my name and I just kind of noticed like oh you know like nobody like made eye contact uh, and I just I, it got me really thinking about this concept of hospitality and I mentioned it back in my interview with Adria Badigliani uh, dusting for destiny this concept of a uh, hospitality you know and like a greeting uh, offering somebody a glass of water and these are all good friends you know it's no no judgment of them it just got me thinking about the importance of hospitality and you know with everything that's been going on um, you know the social discourse on social media about race about healing about intergenerational trauma about the pandemic the political climate uh, the way in which the news cycle just continues to to spew divisive fear-based uh, rhetoric um, it really got me thinking you know like what kind of world do we want to live in you know, like I've explored a lot of different social groups over the course of my life, whether it's spiritual communities or skaters or uh, basketball or poets or writers or artists or queer culture. And I've noticed that each one of those communities has the capacity internally to to feel unwelcoming so they, they can feel unwelcoming externally like if you're trying to get into something a community can feel unwelcoming and a community can feel welcoming and this isn't a judgment of any group because I think we all have the, the potential for this I was listening to one of my favorite uh, queer authors do a stand-up set and it was completely divisive about cis heterosexual people and um, it didn't feel welcoming or inviting um, and I think that we have this tendency inside of us to to other people you know they're they're different they have different values and beliefs in my tribe and my village and it really got me thinking about like what how do how does compassion and hospitality they just seem like they have like there's like a, a disarming nature towards hospitality and take a sip of my coffee and get my brain 
my brain charged up here. You know, the act of, uh, so just a very simple example. Like, so when I walked into my friend's house, um, you know, hey, and then return to your conversation. Yeah, I would have felt welcome. I would have felt seen. I would have felt like I arrived and then, you know, offer a glass of water. Hey, do you need anything? Da, 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 da. Um, because I think, you know, you can have friends that you've known for a long time and, you know, showing up to their house can be like nothing. Like your house, my house is your house. But I think also like, uh hospitality and gestures like that really go a long way towards making us feel welcome and so it got me it it got me thinking about this class that I took uh, this classical lit class where we talked about hospitality as a theme in the Odyssey and so throughout the Odyssey basically the Odyssey is a, a manual for one of the readings and views you can take on the Odyssey is it's a manual for how to be a good leader, a manual for how to appease the gods, a manual for uh, hospitality. Xenia uh, is the, the Greek term. And so throughout the Odyssey, there are lots of different times where hospitality is examined. And in Xenia, there's this this idea that the stranger is always welcome because deities can hide in human form to test us. Um, there's a, a famous Greek myth about Zeus and Hermes disguising themselves as wayward travelers and going from house to house and being rejected by nobles and uh, well-to-dos and then being taken in by uh, an elderly couple of meager living who you know offered them the last bit of their wine and the last bit of their food and then Zeus obviously grants them blessings um, and so th this concept of Xenia that pervaded Greek mythology um, if you're familiar with the Odyssey you know like Penelope Odysseus's wife is home with all these suitors and they seem to be just a bunch of raucous assholes who are just taking and taking, um, you know, offending Odysseus's son. Uh, but she doesn't kick them out. You might be like, why? I would just kick them out. It's because the, the value of Xenia is you needed to extend this, this you know, this, this virtue of hospitality or Xenia. Um, you know, the Cyclops breaks the rules by asking Homer, or no, asking Odysseus, um, his name before he offers him food. So in, inside of Xenia, it's really one of the things was you would feed and uh, welcome your guests before you ask them their name or about their travels or where they were from. Um, there's also a, like a, a successful example of how to be hospitable towards a deity or a stranger, Telemachus Odysseus' son. Uh, Athena disguises herself and comes to the house and the suitors are being very unruly towards the guest and so Telemachus offers her a seat away from the suitors um, and they're just all these little examples sprinkled throughout the Odyssey about the value and importance of hospitality um, you know and this it, the more I thought about it, I was like oh this this exists everywhere this is like a motif that runs throughout 
cultures, through monotheistic religions, through non-dual traditions, this idea of compassion, hospitality, extending warmth towards the stranger. It really, it came, it became like really prevalent in literature and you see it around the axial age. And the axial, axial age was a, a term coined by German philosopher Karl Jaspers. And it was a, seen as a pivotal time, um, the period from ancient history from about 8th to the 3rd century BC where just something shifted. We, we came from the Iron Age. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of our values and the way that we structure our society come from the shifts around that time. There's, you know, Christianity and Jesus and the Buddha and Confucius and Socrates. And so all of this was happening around that time. Um, and, you know, they pulled from old texts and took values into the new societies they were creating. Mm. You know, the Bible, the Old Testament had Hebrews 13.2, don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing so some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Um, this idea of the stranger as divine. Um, uh, philosophers, uh, I mean, uh, sorry, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Jesus's acts were hospitable. They were full of compassion towards the stranger. Um, the company that Jesus kept. Um, Jesus turned no one away. Uh, this value of seeing the stranger of divine, really, it, it's a it's a pervasive motif for you know, charity is one of the pillars of the, the Catholic Church. It's what faith, faith, love, and charity or something. Anyhow, I'm not a I'm not a scholar, but they're kind of these foundational motifs that run through how how we want to be as a society. Um, and philosophers have talked about it. Immanuel Kant, the uh, preeminent Enlightenment philosopher saw hospitality as the defining element that brings people from different cultures together and it, it, he, he, he saw it as like a natural right like all humans possessed the right to hospitality by virtue of the fact that we all have rights to the communal possessions of the earth so a little bit more socialist view there like capitalism the west america we have this kind of misguided idea of ownership uh since we came in and settled the indigenous people's uh, land here and it, it, it pervades a lot of i think you know what we see in the news and just our our mental emotional way of relating to one another and i think that i i completely agree with Kant that by virtue of our right to the communal possessions of the earth, we all kind of have the distinguished right of hospitality. Um, and uh, another Enlightenment critic agreed with Kant, uh, even though they disagreed about many, many things. Anyhow, um, <laughs> uh, Alistair McIntyre stated, it's important to the functioning of communities that among the roles that 
play a part in their shared lives, there should be that of the stranger, someone from outside the community who has happened to arrived amongst us with whom we owe hospitality just because they are a stranger. Um, so this idea of like inviting in the stranger, of, of offering them what you have as a way to connect is, is it's a it's a pretty foundational tenet I think upon which you know our society is built and like you know social media and the news it really kind of distracts us and moves us away from that um, I was thinking about this idea of the stranger and I, I remembered the book Siddhartha by Hermann Hesse. I'm, I'm really leaning heavily on Germany here. That's interesting. German philosophers for the win today. Um, but Siddhartha, uh, at the end of the book, after uh, the protagonist Siddhartha has, you know, was a renunciate and then goes to be a merchant and becomes completely gluttonous and then is kind of wandering at the end of his rope, Siddhartha is taken in by Vasudeva which is another name for uh, Krishna or Vishnu. Um, but he's taken in by Vasudeva at the river, and he takes in Siddhartha, who apparently is just a, a downtrodden, gluttonous merchant. And he allows him to stay with him and kind of have this dark night of the soul by the river. Uh, he feeds him, he teaches him, he takes him in without judgment, and that that act in the book allows Siddhartha uh, in Hesse's retelling of the life of the Buddha, it allows, it gives him the grace and the space in which to come to the realization that he has about the river that, you know, all time is flowing, all things must, must pass, and a lot of the, the, the truths and the, what is it, the Four Noble Truths and the Eight Precepts of Buddhism. Um, the things that he learns inside of watching the river with Vasudeva bring him to enlightenment. It brings him to peace with his son. Um, and so the power, the, the symbolic legacy of hospitality, I think, is so profound. And it, it moves me all the time to, to treat others really... <laughs> You know, like I'd want to be treated if I was, you know, the history of, uh, you know, nomadic peoples like in the Middle East. And, you know, this is a, a value of Islam. You know, if if someone is taking a pilgrimage or set out on a nomadic journey, a merchant or trade, you know, the idea that you should welcome them in to your home and offer them some respite is is pretty universal and it, it it runs through different religions and I think that 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 kind of sh that kind of stuff is the most important stuff if you can find those those pieces of the pattern for me those are like those are like the through threads of our humanity you know the 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 way that we have historically related to people to create the world that we want to live in, a world where strangers are welcome and we don't turn away deities at our door or vagabonds. Not because we expect to get things, but because 
we value that and we've agreed to share that value so that when it comes my turn to be in need that I will be received and when it's your turn to be in need you will be received um, and in my life like I've had you know so many blessed blessed opportunities to to receive the hospitality of different cultures you know like being in high school and receiving the hospitality of uh, the black community in my town through playing sports and being welcomed and like introduced to hip-hop and um, educated about race at a young age through through my relationships there and uh, when I was traveling in India, my friend Yusef, who is uh, just one of the just most beautiful human beings I've ever met, a devout Muslim, I hadn't really been exposed to any Muslim people before that. And the reverence through the, the way I just watching how he treated everybody was just really inspirational. And then there was kind of this like, you know, just small acts of kindness and observation and taking care of others and creating a business that reflected those values of his faith and went to his house for this like uh this dinner and i just i couldn't believe how welcome i felt in this home you know i <clears throat> i felt more welcome in this ho this house all the way around the world from someone of a different faith and a faith that has been demonized in America and portrayed in so many shitty ways to be received in a home and have all of my preconceived notions completely dissolved just through the act of hospitality. It's just incredibly profound. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm really quickly just dropping these little examples from different faiths because I think seeing the, the 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 tenet of hospitality is seeing the humanity in everybody and if we can see that this is a shared value you know maybe it can disarm us a bit especially during these scary times where it feels so necessary to like kind of hole up with your social groups and people with similar beliefs uh to get your little echo chamber online where your instagram feed is only telling you shit that reinforces your values um, and I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about Christian. I'm talking about religion. I'm talking about gender. I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about all of this. You know, the, the concept of hospitality and its origin had no, had no borders. You know, I, I think about like where I grew up in the Midwest. People are incredibly hospitable to other white people. And not always to white people who are outside of a certain social group, you know, like being a white person who is a queer skater or an artistic person may have been received differently um, in some homes than others. You know, I have a, a friend who's uh, Mormon and the hospitality that family showed me really unwound a lot of my judgments around Mormonism. Um, they were just always so kind and let all of the strays kind of come over and hang out in their garage or skate in their front 
on their front drive. Um, and these stories, I think they really inspire us. And I don't know, they, to me, they're just so touching, you know, and all of just, I, I look, you know, there's a story King Rant to Deva, um, you know, selfless service and Hinduism. And just so you all know, Hinduism is like a huge umbrella term for just the numerous different uh, beliefs and practices and uh, sects of worshipers in India. But there's a famous one from the Upanishads. I think it's from the Upanishads. Um, King Rantadeva, where uh, his uh, his kingdom had gone through some rough times, and so he decided to fast for forty five days or something like that. And then he was about to have a sip of water after his forty fifth day, and someone in the room was thirsty, and so he gave his sip of water away. And then he was about to have his morsel of food, and someone was hungry, and so he gave that away. And these kind of uh, these archetypes of selfless selfless beings um, I think inspire us to the kind of world that we want to live in you know a world where a computer algorithm isn't helping me feel more isolated through the illusion of connection um, you know the practice of hospitality it, it gives us these commitments to loving our neighbor to to taking care of one another the stranger and like it gives us like a, a grounded and practical way to approach this you know you can you can get to know the person experiencing homelessness living on your street um as a whole person you know because like okay so let's go back to the greeks say i invite in there's a, a human being um, who lives on the corner of my street and there are lots of lenses through which I can look at this human being one of them is that uh, psychological and I've seen lens I've seen them have numerous uh, psychotic episodes or schizophrenic breaks um, where The reality that they're interacting with isn't one that I share with them, but it, it seems real to them. And usually those can be kind of frightening. I've seen them, uh, you know, really maintain and take care of and build this like, you know, six by 10 area where they're camping, collect items that they need. I mean, it's their home and this human has asked me for a cigarette or a lighter or, you know, things a couple of different times. And we haven't been able to quite get towards an introduction. And I don't know where this person's mental health is, um, but they've been there for three months. And this is my neighbor, you know, this is, is, is this neighbor is his neighbor is my friend who lives exactly next door, who watches my dog sometimes. Like, I don't really feel any difference there. And I, so let's, let's say I invited them in, this person who lives on my street, and I'm using gender neutral terms here for those of you who are confused because in my practice, 
If I don't know somebody's gender, I'm not going to assume it, so I'm going to say them, unless somebody tells me you're them. Um, and so if I invited them over, offering them some food, offering them some water, and then allowing them to introduce themselves, it's the protocol in Xenia. And then through that introduction, through being welcomed, softened, disarmed, having their needs taken care of, being seen as a human of value, you know, then they, and with Xenia, they would share their experience with me, uh, their life, their name. And then I would get to know and see that human being as whole, whereas right now all I can do is project onto them these veils of understanding that I have. Um, whether it's race, culture, sex, gender, politics, you know, like there's still blank and hospitality disarms us to the truth of another human being. It allows us to connect in ways that center our shared humanity. Um, and I think that's an extraordinarily powerful thing, you know, it, it, working on this podcast, I've definitely reflected, you know, the places where I feel the easiest are the most welcoming. I live next door to someone from Uruguay during lockdown and at the beginning of the pandemic, and we had lots of conversations about this, this idea of, you know, sharing food and breaking bread with one another and how... You know, for her, coming to America, it was so strange that people didn't get together and share food. And the, you know, the, the historical sacredness of food, you know, breaking bread. Um, in, in, in India, you know, offering, uh, offering uh, you know, people come to the temple and get... Uh, Prasad, you know, food that was offered to the deity, and then they have large, you know, large lines where they're offering people in need food. Um, <clears throat> I'm forgetting the name is escaping me um, right now. What that's called, but um, I'm gonna pause for a second because I forgot where I was going. Oh, talking to my friend from Uruguay, um, it really, it, it, it made me kind of start to assess, like, where do I feel comfortable and where don't I, you know, like, am I greeted with a hug when I walk into someone's house? What are the small gestures that I can do to make people feel welcome? And what are the gestures that are missing that don't make me feel welcome? And, you know, looking somebody in the eyes, you know. Uh, you know, you don't need to hug every stranger, but being authentic when you're looking at somebody. Um, if someone's in need, offering them something. You know, if somebody comes to my house, offering them a glass of water. You know, it's a small gesture, but I think it carries a huge weight. Um, offering them food. Are you hungry? You know, just a lot of the stuff that I think, I know for me as a white person, it just, it's kind of, 
I feel a bit bankrupt in my cultural upbringing around that, you know? I... I just didn't get it, you know? Like, I think both of my parents suffer from extreme anxiety. Um, and so they're a bit more introverted. And so there weren't a lot of people coming to our home when I was growing up. So I didn't have an example of that. So I, I feel grateful for the hospitality of others because it's helped me learn about this. You know, the hospitality of my friend from Uruguay, the hospitality of uh, a woman who helped raise my mother, Mita, the hospitality of my friend in India. And I, there, there are tons of other examples, but that has taught me about like what the richness of hospitality, the importance of somebody inviting you to their home, um, you know, and wanting to be greeted, you know, wanting to be greeted when I see friends, wanting to, you know, feel that connection, I think is really, it's important, you know, and I think it's easy to pathologize, you know, it could be easy to pathologize yourself around that, like, oh, why don't you feel welcome here? or. You know, but I think those small acts, for me, carry a huge importance. Um, and I think researching this podcast, I think there's a reason because I think that hospitality cre helps facilitate the world and a, a world that I'd like to live in. You know, um, a world where we're not so separated by binaries. You know, whether it's male, female queer, straight, black, white, you know, Christian, Muslim, any of those things, like, uh, to me, it kind of dissolves those borders that are only created by our minds, you know, those borders don't exist in reality, those, those, those lines are human created, they're created to make us feel safe, they're created to keep people in power, they're created, you know, to reinforce capitalism, and you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I want to, I want to get closer towards the truth. And and I want to have these conversations about the kind of world that we want to live in. You know, what kind of, kind of relationships do you want? Um, I know for me, I've just, <clears throat> I've been so tired of social media lately and how it just it kind of I've noticed this week getting out of my morning routine because after I would finish the meditation journaling I'd have coffee and I'd get on my phone and then I'd just start to feel this kind of depression come in and I think it was because whatever the algorithm has picked up on that I've been doing during the pandemic it was kind of this like this scared matrix of the scared matrix of <clears throat> accounts that I would follow that would kind of, you know, whether they're really great memes about mental health, but they kind of always kept me feeling separate and not really feeling connected. Getting off my phone this week has really been powerful. Um, allowed me kind of to touch, touch into the relationships and the, 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 these values that I think that I had pre-pandemic before, you know, we all went in and hid, you know, I think we've all experienced this trauma and 
you know I don't know I think hospitality does a lot to disarm us I, I noticed you know usually if say you're having a hard time you're going through a mental health thing you're going through some grief you know usually it's just you and it you know maybe another one or two of your friends are going through something but usually you can like go hang out with people who are in their flow their nervous systems are regulated they they feel safe they feel secure and you can kind of like slowly just because we're such social creatures and we're reading nonverbal cues all the time you can kind of start to rebalance yourself or be around be around other people who aren't as dysregulated as you are when you're grieving or panicking but since the pandemic it's like every time you hang out with anybody all of our nervous systems aren't doing that well and so so what I'm going to try to do is just really keep this compassion hospitality thing going because I think I don't know I'm feeling I'm feeling something there maybe you are too that was my uh that was my little little exploration of hospitality through through the ages through other cultures and religions my 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 journey there and you may be asking what are some practical things you can do well you know there's there are things you can do you can uh make sure your guests are comfortable it's like i said this isn't a skill i was raised with this is something i had to learn and something i'm still learning so you can make sure your guests are comfortable you can invite people to your home um, you can give people gifts. You can offer your help, you know. Uh, hey, you want to come over? Oh, here's some tea. Oh, what's going on? Oh, that sounds, you know. Your emotional energy is also a gift that you can offer people. Uh, you can let people know that you enjoy their company. You can offer, like, a uniquely you thing, you know. Maybe you're, like, really good at braiding hair. And you could braid your friend's hair. Maybe you're really good at doing makeup. You do your friend's makeup. Um, you know, pay attention to the details. You know, these are this is like so many of these things. It, it was really amazing to me, like searching hospitality and researching hospitality this week. Um, it's almost totally been eaten by consumerism and capitalism. You know, it was all about like how to make your guests at a hotel feel comfortable, how to how to make your customers loyal and want to return and keep spending money. So hospitality's kind of been colonized by capitalism. Um, you know, white supremacy. It's a real thing. And we've lost touch with like the roots. At least I know, you know, I've i I'm lost in the sauce here. I'm I'm trying to get out of it and get clear, but so many of these things that I read online came from the service industry and it was really amazing to me how hard it was to find the origins of hospitality in different cultures. It really took some digging this week. And so, you know, you can hug people, you can pat them on the shoulder, welcome into your house, uh, make sure they're comfortable, you know, all these little things, super important. So that was my little exploration on hospitality. I hope that you're feeling at home this week and if if it's safe for you to have people over and you're in a mental space to do it there's no pressure there's no shooting here it's just kind of an idea that i had this week 
And I wanted to tie it to compassion because I really am feeling Thich Nhat Hanh. So blessings to you all. Thank you all for coming. This is a listener-supported podcast, which means no advertisers, uh, at least not yet. Um, For us, by us. If you're getting something from this and you can support financially, you can go to my Patreon page, www.turningofthebones forward slash, wait, no, www.patreon.com forward slash turningofthebones. Become a monthly patron for the price of a coffee or a beer. You can donate monthly, keep this podcast going. Uh, you can like, follow, subscribe, share it on social media. If there was an episode you really liked, you can leave a review on iTunes. All of that really helps. I'm really happy to say, y'all, I appreciate you so much. This podcast is growing. The listenership is up a little bit. Slow and steady. Uh, get there and keep working on this thing. So thank you all so much. You can also go over to my website, www.turningofthebones.com. I've got some blog post there, links to the Patreon. And yeah, I just hope you all have have a glorious day. Pet a dog. Watch a bird fly in the sky. Hug a tree. And uh, yeah, be nice to your neighbor. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Turn it over. Bones. Bye now.